So we're studying the book of 2 Corinthians, and we're talking a lot about the gospel. Uh, the word gospel, if you're new at this, it means good news. It's great news. It's the great news that God wants to save sinners. You know, we as Christians, we kind of throw that around. We say that we're saved. And, uh, but what are we saved from? A lot of people don't know this. You're saved from God. <laughs> Jesus said, don't be afraid of the one that can kill your body. Be afraid of the one that can throw both your body and soul into hell. And Jesus was talking about himself. But the good news of the gospel is this holy God who is a judge and will judge sinners is busy trying to save us from himself. We talked about how glorious the gospel is and, and all the benefits that we have as Christians and believers in Christ. Last week we looked at it, we saw that the gospel is light. We were once blind, we were lost, but God comes and turns the light on for us so we can see, see his truth, hear his truth, know his truth, and have a relationship with him. We've pretty much been learning that God is great, we are not, okay? So if you, if you came to church today uh, hoping that I was going to tell you what a wonderful person you are, you came to the wrong church, okay? Um, I want to read this parable by Jesus. I think it goes with everything Paul's been saying. In Luke 18, Jesus it says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves and that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Jesus said two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector even like this bum over here. Verse 12, I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I believe every one of us, every person in human history, you're one of these two. You're either somebody that thinks you're good within yourself, you're righteous within yourself. You look at the good things that you've done and in life, and so you look down on others that haven't done as good as you, and your pride, and in your pride, you will never reach God, find God. But if you're like this tax collector who everybody looked down on in those days, you come in here today and you say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You'll be justified. God will make you righteous through his son Jesus Christ and that blood he shed for you on the cross and he'll put his spirit in you and 
God will be so real to you. And so that's why we come. And I think, I think it's not a one-time thing that we say, be merciful. I think every week we come and sing to God and ask Him for His mercy. So we left off at verse 7. We, if you're new, we, we go verse by verse through the Bible, and we just pick up where we left off. So we left off at verse 7. Paul's talking about the glory of the gospel, the light of the gospel. But here again, we see his humility, which all ministers should have this kind of humility. He says in verse 7, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Continuing with his humility, he's saying, I'm just, a, I'm just a clay pot. It's the message that's the treasure. Some of you know the Christian rock band that had some songs in the 90s. They called themselves Jars of Clay. It's a good Christian band name, but it's not a compliment. We're just jars of clay that, that God is using. In these ancient times, uh, most of the time, clay pots, and we have clay pots today. My wife has plants outside on our porch. You can get a clay pot at Lowe's for two bucks, okay? Um, in ancient times, they were mainly used as garbage cans. They were used as toilet buckets. But sometimes, because there were no banks in these ancient times, they would bury their valuables in a clay pot. And I think that's what Paul has the idea here. So we have this treasure, but he says, I'm just a clay pot. I think it's sad today when ministers on TV and things try to bring attention to themselves instead of giving God the glory. Paul, Paul who, I mean, the most famous Christian of all, who risked his life so we could have the gospel. These people could get the gospel and we have it today. Um, what a great Christian he was, but he still saw himself as just a clay pot. And I want you to know the message that I'm bringing to you today about Jesus Christ, that's treasure. But I'm just a clay pot. And I, I, and I am humbled and honored that God would even use me. You know, the next time one of my enemies tell me that I'm a no good for nothing loser, I'm going to say, or my response should be is, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for reminding me, you know. Think about it. We're always so angry, and doesn't that show our selfishness? The more angry we are when someone says something shows how really selfish we are, we ought to let it go. Just say, you're right. Just a clay pot. He continues on, verse 8 and 9. Here's some good news. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We are afflicted in every way. The Greek word there, it means to press. So what he's saying is, we're under constant pressure. I mean, Paul was on the run. 
religious people were after him, those hateful religious people. They wanted him dead. And so there was so much persecution going on, and he's basically hiding. And he says, we were perplexed. We got to the place where we didn't know what direction to go in. We didn't know where we're going to go. Sometimes as a Christian, that's a good place to be. You know, you come to the Red Sea, and you don't know where you're going to go. And, but what does God do? God opens the Red Sea. And what, what God did through Paul is he opened a great door for ministry, even in the midst of his suffering. And so that's why he knew that even though I'm under such pressure and, I, and I'm confused at times and I'm being persecuted, and Paul did get struck down. You know, the city of Ephesus, he preached the gospel. They stoned him. They thought he was dead. They left him bleeding in the street. Paul came to after Paul came to and went back in the city and began to preach again. And he had the people's attention this time because they're thinking, what guy would come back in here and preach to us? And sometimes when they when when people see us Christians and we do go through hard times in life and we do suffer, sometimes that's what gets people's attention when you know these Christians, they're going through a lot, but they just keep going. They get knocked down, but they just keep getting right back up. There's something about them. And so this is what, why we continue to press on. You, says, you say, man, Paul, he was, it seemed like he was so strong in his faith. And you said, but didn't you just say he's, he says he's just a clay pot. Yeah, but he's God's clay pot, Right? When you're God's clay pot, nothing's going nothing's to overtake you. No pressure is going to crush you. And no sickness, no sickness can get you. I mean, matter of fact, and we're going to be talking about it next week. We're going to talk next week about how death for a Christian, it's the most beautiful thing there is. And so... No matter what, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because God is with us. Verse 10, he says this, he says, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. So Paul there kind of speaking in hyperbole, saying that he's, he carries in his body the death of Jesus. And what he meant by that, the attitude of Jesus. As Paul said in Philippians, your attitude to Christians, you ought to be the same as Jesus who left the glories of heaven and became obedient to death. He sacrificed himself for others. And what Paul is saying here, the reason why we're able to get through what we're going through is because we're, we're striving to be like Jesus. We want to sacrifice others. And if, and if it even means our death, It'll be life for others. We ought to be so thankful for the early Christians like the Apostle Paul 
Um, you know, around here, whenever it's Memorial Day or Veterans Day, we always acknowledge soldiers. And I think we should do that. And I think we should always appreciate their service. And, and many, many men and women die for us to have freedom in this country. And I think it's sad when we're not thankful or we take that for granted. But even so, we, sometimes we take for granted these early Christians and all the suffering that they went through for us to have this Bible, this New Testament, and this good news of the gospel. And we should be so thankful for the sacrifice they have made. And I think we should want to be, we should want to sacrifice for others. You know, this is why we try to get you to serve in the church, be a part of the ministry somehow, so you can sacrifice and be a part of a church reaching out to people. And there's something about service and sacrifice for God. It feels good. We were created to do that. I ask you this morning, you know, when is the last time you really made a sacrifice for somebody else? That you really sacrificed yourself to help somebody else out. Um, and I want to say this to you, okay? When I ask questions like that about sacrifice and serving, I don't ask those questions to make you feel guilty. There, there is no guilt in the gospel. Gospel preachers should not be putting guilt on people because the gospel sets us free from guilt. But I ask those questions because to make you think about it because that's, that's where the joy is. That's where the joy is, the strength is, the, the real life is when you learn to humble yourself and sacrifice for others and we become like Christ. And people look at our Christianity and see that we're, we're real Christians because there's a lot, bunch of fake ones out there, folks. I hope you know that. Um, we... Uh, we support missionaries, right? They, they make sacrifices. Not everybody's called to be a missionary, but we, we support Seth Postel, who's over in Israel. And Seth, I know a lot of stories about Seth and the way he sacrificed to get the gospel to the dear Jewish people that he loves. And now he's over there, now he's over there, and I love it because he's got a church over there. And while the Jews and the Arabs are all fighting over religion outside of the church, He's got Jews and Arabs holding hands, praising Jesus Christ. See, religion, man-made religion will always divide people, but only Jesus Christ can bring that love and unity that he brings. So thank God for Seth, our missionary. Uh, we, we took on another missionary, uh, Andrew and Miranda Brothers, and hopefully maybe they come back here to the States and we can introduce them to you. They're in Poland. They're in Poland. Here's a young man grown up in sunny, sunny Florida and uh, went to CCS, was friends with my son Nathaniel, and now he's taking this call to go to Poland. It's like 19 degrees there right now, okay? Why, why, is, why is he there? He's there to give the gospel to, to, a, to a country that is mainly Roman Catholic and, and, and basically all it is, it's religious rituals. All they have is empty religion and empty religious rituals. But Andrew's over there starting a church to tell them 
what we're talking about here, the gospel, the good news, that that religion isn't going to help you reach God. Jesus came and died for you, and, and, and he, will, he will reach into your heart and give you a new heart and set you free from this empty religion that does put guilt on you, burdens on you. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, come unto me and I'll give you rest. He was saying, I'll give you rest from religion. I'll give you rest from trying to earn your way to God. I'll give you peace. I'll give you love. I'll give you forgiveness. And that's what the gospel brings. I'll tell you this, you know, Obviously, not everybody's called to be a missionary, you know, but sometimes I think as Christians, we think, man, maybe we should make some sacrifices like these missionaries do. Or you think, maybe you think, yeah, maybe, maybe I ought to go to the mission field. Can I tell you right now, you, you are in the mission field? I was, reading an, I was reading an article Friday about missionaries. The number one, the number one country in the world Okay, that sends out missionaries, United States of America. But do you know that the United States of America is also a top spot for missionaries to come? Do you know other countries right now looking at the, the U.S., they're sending missionaries. Like, like South Korea, they target the, the United States. Why? Because our Christianity is a joke. And so missionaries are coming... To, tell, to preach the true gospel here for people who aren't getting it. Because this article is saying they think, they think we're like the Roman Empire. They think we're the new Roman Empire. We're over here and we worship our country and worship our sports. And we're just into entertainment like the Roman Empire that finally fell. And that's how they see us. And I thought, Wow. So let me tell you, you don't need to go to another place. You're in a mission field because people need to hear. They need to hear and they need to see true Christianity in our lives. And so may, may our church be a lighthouse. May, may we be these real Christians that, that really live it and really love others and sacrifice for others the way God designed us to be. Verse 13. He says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, Scripture, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving and to the glory of God. Here's Paul's ministry. He's saying, the reason I'm able to speak is because I believe. I believe it, and in all my, all my suffering, in all my hard times I'm going, I can't stop talking about what God has done for me. And the day is coming when Jesus is going to return. And if he doesn't, it'll come our time to die. And we will be with Jesus. And so this is what gives us hope. This is what 
kept Paul going. And he said, and the more people that hear this message and come to it, the more thanksgiving there's going to be to God. And God is going to get glory. You, you say, you know, I wish I, wish I could do I wish I could do something special for God. I'll tell you what you can do. Be thankful. Just be thankful. Just come in here. You don't have to do nothing, but, but just worship. When you sing these songs, be thankful. Be thankful for what God has done for you. Be thankful for what God's going to do for you in the future. May we all be thankful together. And may people see how thankful and grateful we are. But if we're caught up in the Roman Empire over here, what are we, selfish, arguing, fighting, everybody's divided? And Christians, we've got to come out of all that, that fighting and we've got, to, we've got to love people and love each other and let people see that Jesus does unite us in all of our differences, in all of our differences. So be thankful. Be thankful. Paul was actually quoting from Psalm 16, where the psalmist writer was talking about how in, in the midst of his affliction, he spoke. And no matter what affliction you're going through today, no matter how hard your week was, you can speak, you can sing to God today. You can sing to God and be thankful. And then the final verses, final verses we'll look at this morning. These, listen, if you're getting old, these are one of the blessed, most blessed scriptures in all the Bible, okay? Let's read it. Verse 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Remember we talked about that when we opened this chapter. The Greek idea there is we will not surrender. In the midst of all our aches and pains and trials and suffering, and not knowing where to go and what to do, we will not surrender. That's what that means. We will not lose heart. Our heart stays focused. Our heart stays strong. And here's the good news. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Suffering just gets us ready for heaven. Suffering just makes us want to be in heaven. Suffering is, it, it, as Paul said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth compared. The glory that we're going to, the glory that will be revealed in us when we get to heaven. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal, transient, temporary. Everything we look at with our eyes, everything, all this bright and shiny stuff we got over here in our world and all our technology, the Holy Spirit says it's temporary. Is that what you're living for? Is that what you're looking to? Or are you looking to the Spirit of God that's unseen? but you're going to eternity. And I love that part. Even though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Last week, uh, my son, they sung happy birthday for me, you know, at the end of the church. And so I'm 59, 
So I've been telling people that I got one more year left before I get a whole new set of problems because that's how it's gone in my life, okay? Uh, man, when I was 39, I was 39, I was so fast and so strong. And that, you know what that prideful thought got me? <laughs> got me a bunch of knee surgeries in my 40s and a bunch of weight gain. That's what I got when I got that four in front of my age. Then I got a five in front of my age. That changed the color of my hair. That, that made me go on pills to keep me from having a heart attack and a bunch of other stuff, right? So I'm scared to death for that new number six. And so some of you in your 60s, I guess you could warn me what I'm about to face in a year. Maybe Jesus will come back before then. If you're over 70, don't even scare me with all that. Just, okay? <laughs> but... This is, this, this is the good news today. Here's the gospel good news. Even though we're just clay pots, we are fragile. We are falling apart, physically speaking. But inwardly, God wants to renew your heart, renew your soul, keep you strong to the end. So I hope today you came here today and, and you'll humble yourself. Ask God for mercy and ask God to help you to be more like Jesus or even more like Paul. Paul said, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Learn to make sacrifices. Learn to serve. And even though we have physical problems, we have problems in this world, this, not only is our body falling apart, but the entire world is falling apart. That's why Jesus said in the end, we're gonna see more earthquakes. We're gonna see more uh, diseases. We're going to see all these things. It's showing us that this place, it's a temporary planet. And just like God's going to give us a new body, he's got to give us a new planet. We can't fix it. Only God can. So we look to that. And I just want you to know this morning, whatever your problems are, whatever your mistakes are, whatever your sins are, whatever your selfishness is of choice, God loves you. God loves you. And, and God, God wants to save you. And if you're already saved, God wants to strengthen you. That's good news. That's good news. And it's, it's simply faith. You, know, you, you sat down in that chair. You trusted that chair was going to hold you up. I didn't see anybody look under and check the screws. You trusted it. You just sat right down and trusted it. That's it. In the same way you sat down and trusted that chair, you trust God, that God loves you, that he never lies. And, all, and as, as Jeremy was saying, his promises are always true. And simply, simply sitting in that chair, <laughs> you, like this guy, he, went to, he, he got justified. The story I read in Jesus' parable, he came to church and said, God, have mercy on me. That's it. God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and God will save you. And, and you put your faith in Christ. You know you can't save yourself by religion or good works. Jesus died for you. And then he rose again to prove that he's the only one telling the truth. And we need to trust him. Would you bow and pray with me this morning? And then we will worship We'll practice being thankful. We'll worship again.
in the quietness of this moment. God wants to hear your prayers. God loves it when we pray. I think God, God loves it when we're thankful. I think God loves it when we ask him, when we confess our sins. Yes, Jesus already died for our sins, so our sins are already forgiven if you're a Christian, but confession just makes you feel clean inside. First John says, if we confess, if we confess, usually we're truly a Christian because the Holy Spirit is in us and we see when we sin and, and so we ask God for forgiveness and mercy to cleanse us. If you're here and you're struggling and I don't know, maybe you're going through a really hard time. Maybe, you, maybe you're under pressure and you can relate to what Paul was saying. God, God doesn't want you to be crushed by it. Sometimes the pressure that you're under is a reminder that you can't handle it. And what that'll do is that will bring you to God. God uses suffering to bring us to him. People say, man, if God is loving, why do people suffer? Because, because he is loving. And he knows the only way you'll come to him is if you need him. But God will give you strength to get through your suffering. Call out to God this morning. Ask him for what you need. And he'll be there for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you that we, what a privilege, God, to live in this country with freedom, that we can come here and, and open the scriptures and talk about the gospel. Brothers and sisters in other parts of the world, God, they're hiding, they're being persecuted, being tortured. God, we pray for them right now. We pray that you would give them the strength that you promised in these verses today. Lord, help us, God, help us to be true Christians that are thankful and, and God that we serve and we sacrifice and others see the difference in us so they'll want to hear about the good news of our gospel. God, help our church, God, to be stronger in all these areas. Help us to rely on each other and love one another. God, I know it, it's so important to you, God, that we love each other in here. So give us a love for one another. Give us a greater love for you and a greater love for one another. And God, may our singing and our thankful hearts be pleasing to you now as we worship you in spirit and in truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand and let's... Uh...